¡Viva la raza! Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast. So down. With me, your host, Freddie Aloso, with my co-host, Stevie G. What's going on, bro? What's up, guys? Let's go. With my other co-host, the devil's advocate, Robert Fink. WrestleMania is over. Let the criticism begin. And the other co And the encyclopedia. And gentlemen, I'll pull out the fork and cut a bitch. That's some good shit. There we go. So, guys, WrestleMania is in the books. WrestleMania 36. We have a very special guest with us tonight. The dream maker, king of drawn style. Welcome to the show. Uh, That was beautiful. Thank you very much. Thanks thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Guys, um, if you haven't checked out his page, his page on Instagram is Dream Match Wrestling. He's got these bomb ass shirts. If you guys can see it in the YouTube video, he's got his on. We got uh, the Phenomenal One and Bret Hart. I've got Andres Sananmas and Latino Heat. These shirts are dope. So check it out. Go get one today. So um, before. You know, we get started. Tell our fans a little bit about yourself and um, what got you into drawing up these great illustrations. Well, yeah. Uh, so I've been drawing since I was a kid. Uh, something that I always had, just but I never really had any direction what to do with it. And then um, I've always been passionate about pro wrestling. So it took my adult life to figure it out and put the two together. And like, hey, I should do something with wrestling and art and you know uh but i didn't want to go ahead and just do portraits and stuff like that i always wanted to be different so it just came to me i think i was looking at like an old muhammad ali versus um uh joe frazier poster like man that'd be cool for for wrestlers but you know a lot there there's a couple of those you know but like what if i do dream matches of wrestlers that never met each other or probably can never meet each other like a Latino Heat versus uh, Andrade's. So, yeah, so then uh, my girlfriend was the one that actually helped me put it all together, too. I illustrated it, and she actually was the one that came up with the first concept of the uh, the poster look. Nice. And then we've been doing that ever since. It's been a little over a year now. Awesome. That's awesome, man. Now, do you do strictly... Stuff that you come up with off the dome? Do you take commissions? What's what's your process? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I do basically whatever comes to my mind, any dream match that I want to do, I'm pretty strict on requests. <laughs> like, I have to like the request that I get for me to do a dream match if it's going to be under my uh, umbrella 
per se. It's going to be under my brand. It's got to be a match that I fullheartedly believe that would be a dream match. Because I get a, a ton of them always thrown around, like, oh, do Roman Reigns versus, I don't know, like, just random people. And I was like, you know, that can still happen. Some matches that are still possible. So I try to stay true to myself as to what I would want to put out there. And then I am doing freelance designs for for indie wrestlers, um, other wrestlers. I got one in the works that I'm not going to say anything yet, but fingers crossed will be debuting soon in one of the two major companies. So uh, hopefully that goes through. And then my girlfriend also does uh, commissions. Uh, she also does freelance uh, designs. She also does a couple of wrestlers, too. And uh, I'm working with a couple of other guys to do a bunch of their shirts. So, yeah. <laughs> You can hit me up for commissions. If you want to, you have a match in mind, and I like it, I'll definitely do it. Nice. Very cool. Is there a match in mind that you haven't done yet that's coming up that we might see debuting soon? Or yes, uh, well, I have I have quite a few because um, I haven't done one in a while. So I have about three that are, are coming in. Uh, I'll share I'll share I'll share one with you that I'm actually about to very close to finish which is uh i may get some haters for it because it does involve john cena but it's uh john C- <laughs> yeah yeah i can't show too much hate from john cena sucks <laughs> i was one of those guys it's funny because uh me and my boys back in like 2006 actually came up with that chant before anybody ever ever sang it so it's funny like it took like 10 years for it to finally come to life but yeah, the uh, the match would be John Cena versus the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, I was watching an Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan match. We're in quarantine, so I have nothing to do but rewatch old matches. I was watching that match. I'm like, hey, I mean, his style kind of fits like the modern day John Cena, like the John Cena now. His style would fit back then in the '80s with all the the you know the five knuckle shuffle and all these slams, and they could they could mesh really well. So that that's one coming up. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. The Cena sucks chant. Where did you start doing that? We we used to um, back before there was there was a network. We used to watch the pay per views at this dog track that they used to uh, charge us like ten dollars to go watch the pay per views. So it would get packed in this smoke filled room. I think it, it was meant for casinos, but yeah, every every uh, one one Sunday out of the month or whatever the pay per view was, they'll charge us ten dollars and we go in to watch the pay per view. So imagine they they made they banked. <laughs> Not thinking about it because like a pay per view is like sixty bucks, maybe fifty ten fifteen years ago, and so like two hundred people packed in there, all paid uh, ten dollars to watch uh, that pay per view. So we were I think it was Elimination Chamber. That we started singing that that uh, that song because um, his song that he went from Thugonomics to that to the song that he uses now, and then we just started chanting it. And, and the cool thing about it is that everyone was kind of like looking at us, like being the marks that we were singing the song, and we were totally hitting on Cena. And Cena wins the match, and then Edge cashes in the Money in the Bank. And beats him, and it was like the moment that we were all waiting for for him to finally be dethroned. He had a pretty long run, I think his first run. He went from uh, WrestleMania all the way to Elimination Chamber, which was like in December. Yeah, Stephen was there at that one, actually. Oh, oh nice. 
In the nosebleeds. I bought those tickets like four hours before the event started. Yeah, that was the New Year's Revolution up in uh, Albany, if I remember correctly. Correct. Nice. Yeah, it was New Year's Revolution. Long time ago. Yeah, the reason why I asked about that chant is the sports bar I go, I used to go to to watch the show. They were singing that as well. So, but at time frame, it was probably a year or so after that, and I, I was curious if maybe we were in the same place and never realized it. Oh no! Yeah, this is all the way in Miami. Okay. All right, it eventually made its way up ninety five. Then. Everything <laughs> <laughs> does is great. Now. What did all you guys think of WrestleMania 36? The first show with nobody there, no fans, no live crowd, no feeding off the the energy, nothing, just basically an empty arena. You can hear everything that was going on, every match. What did you guys think of the pay-per-view? Well, I mean, I, what I can say about it is, I mean, all right, credit where credit's due. They did their best. But what I've noticed with all the WWF products, or excuse me, WWE product right now, is a complete lack of fun. Like, there was no – I felt like it was it was more of a, like a business decision than anything else. Um, if you're watching uh, – and where a parallel that is to is if you watch AEW right now, they're having fun with this thing. They're acknowledging that there's a problem, and they're just trying to entertain you know, I mean, they're betting on matches and they're having comedy matches and like they're really, really messing around with the formula and just going with it. And to me, WWE feels like they're just, you know, we got to put out this product. We're going to go through the motions. We're going to get it out there. And they're forgetting about the entertainment portion of it, in my opinion. Okay. Psychopedia, what do you got? Disagree with him as always. Um, <laughs> I. I went in, maybe my expectations were so, so low that I was expecting to be shitty, and I actually, I was entertained for the two nights. I thought it flowed well, as much as I hated the idea of the two nights. Um, I thought some of the chances they took, they actually paid off. I know Rob doesn't agree with me on that, and we were debating that this, this morning. Um, was it the best card they could have put out with? No. Under the circumstances, I thought they did a pretty damn good job. Um they gave us stuff that we hadn't seen before, so where he's getting that they just went through the motions, I don't quite understand that, but it is what it is. Um, I, it could have been better. I don't think it was terrible. I thought they did a pretty good job, especially under the circumstances. Um, and I give them a lot of credit. I know people that hadn't watched the show in years that actually watched it and said they were entertained, so it it did its job. Um I was I was calling for them to take chances for the last couple of weeks. I felt like they did that, especially with the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match. So, um, where I think they did strike out uh, the title matches, but I'm sorry if you went in expecting Goldberger and Brock Lesnar to have matches that went longer than five minutes, you haven't been paying attention. So. Stevie G. Oh, WrestleMania. I, well, we know I'm not shy about hating on WWE um, and the product and, you know, comparing a lot of it to AEW, which I'm watching right now. Um, but WrestleMania, I went in there with pretty low, low hopes on it. And um, I came out amazed. I thought the matches were good. I thought the show was entertaining considering what it was. 
Um, the only thing that I would change as far as the matches go was that Bobby Lashley, Alistair Black match, because I think that could have been a pre-show match. It was a waste of time. It was garbage. You could have saved my life, uh, some, some of my time by not showing that. In fact, I would have preferred to see Alistair Black versus Paul Cruz because that match they had on Monday was fucking entertaining. Okay, that w- that was a great match. I don't know if you all saw that on Raw. That match was a good match for Aleister Black. That was a WrestleMania quality match. Bobby Lashley, like, keep the dude off the card. I'm not a Lashley fan. And as far as like the rest of the show, like I said, I actually enjoyed it. It was it, it was uh very good for what it was, you know. And I was one of those ones who was sour, like I'm gonna hate not seeing it in a huge arena and seeing it in something smaller than like a Civic Center. So. I enjoyed WrestleMania. I don't have complaints about it. Dream Maker, what do you got? So I've actually uh, haven't mind the no audience at at, at wrestling shows. Um, It makes me appreciate the the art form a little bit more. Uh, You can see who's the true professional. If you can tell they're talking in the match, obviously you can tell that when there's an audience, but even more so when there's no one there and everything, you can hear everything. So you could tr- truly see who's a true professional. Um, that goes for WWE and AEW. I do enjoy AEW a little bit more. I feel that the, you know, the wrestlers coming out and being fans in the show kind of brings a little bit more to it, more entertainment. But as far as WrestleMania, I I, I like the show. I wasn't hate like there was a lot of things that I would change, and there's more minor details that I feel that not just in WrestleMania but WWE in general are missing out on the little details that makes an audience disconnect from the program. One of them being uh, Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens was a really good match. I did like the match. However, Seth Rollins gets disqualified and he's happy about it. He's walking away. He's disqualified. He lost. He lost through disqualification. He's walking away with a smile on his face. And then Kevin Owens grabs the mic and just restarts the match. Just basically challenge him to get back in the ring and restarts the match with like no one approves it no approval from the back no confirmation that this match can continue just say like uh so like wrestlers can just book matches on the, on the themselves then you know like you lose guess what i can restart the match get your ass back in here let's restart the match and it's like there was no approval at all and i i just found that really hard to believe that kevin owens could just restart the match um other things that I have a problem with, I I may be in the minority in this, but I had a issue, not a big issue, but I had an issue with Undertaker versus AJ Styles. That was, was it was not a match. It was not a match. No, it actually, that was more of a match than the the um, with the Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. That wasn't a match at all. And if you want to consider it a match, it was it was technically a squash match because John Cena got no offense in there at all. It was just this kooky. It was more of a segment to me, in my opinion. Correct. But back to yeah, back to the Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Although it was entertaining, it was very corny. A lot of things were corny about it. And then if we are, I think now that everyone's just overdoing the teleportation thing. I thought when Matt Hardy did it, it was cool. It was whatever. But now they Bray Wyatt did the teleportation. I think on uh, the SmackDown prior. Uh, to WrestleMania, and then Undertaker teleported from the grave to <laughs> being right behind AJ Styles. 
you know, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, now we have the luxury of pausing and resuming play or resuming recording. Let's be a little bit more creative than just teleportation. In my opinion, I think uh, what they should have done is do something a little bit more supernatural. We all get that Undertaker is a supernatural character. They're in a graveyard, right? They're in a boneyard. Why didn't he just raise the dead? And that would have been the minions that came out. But they came out in favor for the OC. They, they, the minions should have came out in favor for Undertaker. Because when you think about it, Undertaker actually fought about 10 men in total and still beat AJ Styles. Because he had Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson in there. And then they had like these five or seven other guys that came out of nowhere, which looked like the, the guys that hold the torch for Undertaker in every, every WrestleMania. In my opinion, those guys should have been there on Taker's side. And they could have held back Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. That way, you you don't completely bury the OC by having them lose to one man. And then also, it makes more sense to me to have Undertaker have actually guys come and help him that are beyond this world. I think it would have been a really cool look if they would have, if he would have been able to roll his, roll his eyes back to his back of his head and kind of like summon the dead, and you would have seen these zombie-looking guys coming out of the ground and would have fought Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, and then he would have had his one-on-one finish it off with AJ Styles. That's my opinion. They didn't have to go exactly like that, but I think it would have been a little bit less corny than just teleporting behind them and beating essentially what it looked like 10 guys in total and still be AJ Styles. So that those were, those were my little criticisms about it. Same thing goes with uh, Bray Wyatt and John Cena. It was entertaining, but it wasn't a match, like like you guys said. Yeah, I I enjoyed the card. I thought it was different. I finally got my little man to sit through a whole WrestleMania. He's about five, so he stood up and watched it with me. So it was it was cool to have that that moment as a dad. Um, but I I enjoyed the the Taker match. I feel like I texted with the guys throughout the match. It felt like a uh, Chuck Norris movie to me, kind of. Like that whole feel to it. Taker's old. Like, I wish he would just kind of wrap it up and, like, stop diminishing his his character, his legacy, and all that stuff. But I, I was I was entertained by it. Um, I, I could have done without the the Gronkowski throughout the throughout the pay per view, <laughs> like that was yes. just driving me nuts. Like him wearing his sunglasses so he could read the teleprompter and not look like he's reading, I was like super obvious. Um, when he jumped off the you. railing, I was hoping he broke his neck. <laughs> yeah, like I love you in football, Gronk, but wrestling, maybe let's let's not jump in there right right away, but um. Uh, the Cena Bray Wyatt match was interesting to say the least. Um, I liked seeing the different aspects of Cena. That whole NWO Cena was interesting. I was like, okay, but um, yeah, for me it was it was the best that they could do with what they had and what they could work with. But that that was me. 
I would have to say I don't think it's the best they could have done. I, I think uh, as far as the matches that they booked and the personnel that they had around and the people that they had available, probably was the best card that they could put together. But I think when it came to the creative side, the segment with uh, Bray Wyatt and John Cena, Undertaker and AJ Styles, that I think it could have been better, in my opinion. I think they, I, I, I think for a long time, WWE has not been giving us their best. Well, I feel like at least this Fire Funhouse match was better than the Orton um, Bray last one that they did in like the random house. Then they drove to the arena and kept fighting in the arena. It was a better concept of a, you know, quote unquote match. Um, but it, it could have been, it could have been more of a match than just random segments and interviews and stuff like that. I actually wrote down five things that I hated about the uh, Bray Wyatt match. Number one, I wrote down it was there was no wrestling whatsoever. All right, and the title is WrestleMania, so I really would have liked to seen some wrestling. Number two, after the match, everybody was like, "I want to have one of those matches," and I'm like, "No, we don't need like these. These should be special events once in a in a blue moon." I don't need Mick Foley. I don't need Ric Flair all thinking they can do this same thing unless it makes sense somehow. You know, but it seems like everybody thinks it's the hot thing now. So I'm afraid we're going to get a ton of these. Number three, I think Cena owed Bray Wyatt a, a legitimate pin. Right. He, he needed to give him he needed to pay him back. And I don't think he did it at all. I think this was ridiculous. I think it was just, you know, this is what he agreed to. So I think uh, the debt is still owed, in my opinion. Number four, uh, I don't know how many people are actually going to get all the references. I know Anthony forwarded to me someone on Twitter who kind of broke down the whole thing. And it was interesting, and I get it, but if you're marketing for kids, how many kids even know when Cena started? You know what I mean? I think a lot of them were like, we're like insider references. Like you really needed to follow. Like you, you and I, all of us probably got it because we've been following for a while. But if you're a relatively new fan, you're like, I don't even understand what this guy's talking about. What's this ruthless aggression stuff and all that other stuff? And and wait a minute, I just went online. John Cena was never in the NWO. I don't get it. So I can really see where. I don't know if that was just for a particular audience, but it certainly wasn't going to meet the whole audience. And then the last thing I wrote: Did we really need to have two in one weekend? I mean, what if WrestleMania was one card? Would we have had both of those segments in the same five-hour stretch? I mean, what would they have done at that point? So I think it was it was too much for me. I could have handled one. Like, I, I think AJ Undertaker was whatever it was. It was fine. But then I was like, another one? We're going to do another one? We're not going to get a match? We're not going to get Bray Wyatt in a match? So those are the things that really bothered me about that the most. I mean... I think if it was live, it would have you would have gotten a match. I think this was improvised, and you would have gotten something more if it was live in a big arena. But as far as the John Cena attracting the kids goes, this guy comes around like The Rock. He's not about the kids anymore. And on top of it, that match is on after ten o'clock at night. How many kids were actually still up? They weren't. They weren't gearing that towards the kids. That was more to push Bray Wyatt, in my opinion. I don't think it had anything to do with the kids and John Cena's fans. This is more to put Bray Wyatt over and extend his character further. Uh, let's see. Where do I begin here first, bro? I'm sorry. 
You're talking about corny and you're talking about people raising from the dead? Are you fucking kidding me? Seriously. <laughs> explain explain how that's not corny. I mean, if they're, if they're going to – what I'm just trying to say is that they could be a little bit more creative. If they're they already going to do Supernatural. Yeah. I think they should have went full corny? Full corny. Like, uh, right, do some more special effects and just teleporting something that Bray Wyatt already did the, the few days before. Undertaker's been doing this for year, for decades now. Come on. How long have you been watching? I thought Undertaker's was great. Fire the the Firefly Funhouse. It was it was a little much. It was more funny to me. It wasn't a match. Right. It was more of a comedy segment. There was no match to it. The only thing I just disagree because a lot of things Rob said I agree with, but the children's thing. I'm not worried about John Cena's finishing out that match. John Cena was made for that match to lay on his back, and it was put on after ten o'clock. So I, I like. Kids should be in bed at that point. Right, no, I'm like, saying, I don't my point is, I'm not sure who, if you're watching that match again and you're a young guy, you're like, I don't even know what's going on right now. Like, I On the network, okay. Okay, after the fact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, I understand that point. I mean, it was, even when he appeared in, like, the tights from his first match, I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the Undertaker-AJ Styles match a lot more than that Firefly Funhouse fun match. Like, and I, I really... You know, we don't know, but if it was in a bigger arena, I really hope that that Firefly Funhouse match would have been a lot more different because, you know, it's it's just like weird. There's weird things going on. I mean, we talked about AEW and what they did with Matt Hardy uh, last week with the appearing in the different spots of the arena. You're not going to be able to always do that. You're just working with what you got now. So I think with this whole thing, they're, they're what they're doing is they're testing things out to see how they go. And a lot of it, you're just sitting there like, what the fuck are they testing now? Like, this is, some of it's just like, really? I can't believe it. My main issue with the Undertaker AJ match is the fact that Undertaker fought about 10 guys and still beat yeah. AJ. That, that, that was my biggest thing. So uh, the point of me saying bringing people from the dead, like, give Undertaker an edge as to why he won. Like, it's hard to believe that Undertaker could beat the entire OC, let alone seven other random guys that appeared. Correct, and those guys who appeared looked like they would be like Undertaker's guys. <laughs> they should that's, not have been with that's the, the club. point I was making. Yeah, yeah they, exactly. they look like I the guys that hold the torch. I'm not surprised he, about being the OC. He's been kicking their ass for weeks, so I knew that was going to happen. I just wish they didn't sacrifice AJ for this. I, like I said, I love him. I think he's a great wrestler, and I think he looked like a, a putz during this match. Yeah, and I think that's just an issue with WWE in general where uh, we're accustomed to the veterans coming back in wrestling and, and, and all companies. But for the most part, they come back and they push their their present talent or they push some future stars. I don't really see that happening right now. I see all the old guys, all the old vets, they're, they're continuing being pushed. And I think it's a, a bit of a shame. I don't think that Undertaker could take another loss at WrestleMania. But I also don't think that AJ should have been the one to be sacrificed and be buried the way he literally, figuratively and literally get buried the way he did. And with the OC along with them, uh, just the OC in general, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson in general have been booked to shit since they got there. They won the titles a couple of times, but they didn't ever really look like champs. That whole segment, the whole great Boneyard match to me, screamed Grindhouse style, which I I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't have a problem because it was kind of a throwback to the old school Undertaker when he was 
the badass he used to he used to go through that many people in the past this this isn't a shock to me i think aj was was okay with the idea otherwise why would they have this match i do agree that neither one of these matches would have happened the way they did if they were in a live arena as far as the bray wyatt thing i suspect this was all his brainchild i think this he came up with this himself this whole character has been his and i think john Cena. I think he was pretty open-minded to the whole thing. So I thought it was pretty entertaining. Now, Rob, you're talking about insider information and insider references. You watch AE fucking W who does this shit every fucking week, especially attacking WWE with their corny shit. Really? That's my opinion. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to say I actually applaud WWE for finally uh, monetizing the whole good shit because now they even have a shirt with the puppet saying that's some good (laughs) shit. Like, Finally, they start. They're fighting. They're fighting back. I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they yeah also, that was pretty cool. They, they also have a shirt that's like reminiscent of the WrestleMania six, um, the whole Warrior Hogan match. Um, I, I forget the exact tagline on the shirt, but I thought that was funny. I'm, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not buying it. I think the match for me, not even the title matches necessarily. I think the match that disappointed me the most was Edge versus Randy Orton in that street fight. Uh, that last man standing match it felt like a street fight it felt like as steven joked about when we were texting each other that you were getting a tour of the pc which we saw gargano and champa do just a few weeks ago um but i just felt like they went backstage all over the place and just kept punching each other all over the place and then randomly throwing each other into stuff it was way too long and i know rob um we're going to talk about nxt in a little bit and that that suffered from the same problem we'll get we'll get to that um, so for me, I thought Edge versus Randy Orton was the biggest disappointment of the weekend. What I understand is why do grudge matches have to go 40, 45 minutes? You can accomplish the same thing in 20 minutes. I mean, if you got, if you're, re- if Anthony and I are really trying to kill each other in a match, it should only last maybe 10, 15 minutes tops because we're going all out. I felt like Edge and Orton was like, all right, come on, guys, move this along. You know, let's get to let's get to the climactic part, and then, like Anthony said, and then they did the same exact thing, not three days later. Wrap these things up a little faster. I mean, they they seem like they were carbon copies. I I suspect the Gargano Champa match was recorded first as kind of the testing ground. I didn't like the fact that they shot it in that movie style, like they did with the Boneyard match and with the Firefly Funhouse. Um, I was disappointed. I think the other reason why it felt so long was because of all the commercial breaks. Uh, I suspect in actuality, if you take those commercial breaks out, that match was just over a half hour. But I would have preferred it where it felt like a match instead of that movie style. And I don't it, – it was – how many times did they have a similar match? I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it threw back to too many of their previous matches. I would have rather seen it maybe in a cage or in a hell in a cell, something like that that we hadn't seen the two of them in. Um, I, I thought the ending was creative enough. That I thought That I thought was good, but – that was the last five minutes of the whole show. By the way, while we're talking about it, did anyone notice who was in the car at the end of NXT? Killer Cross. Bingo. And, and Scarlet was next to him. Oh, Scarlet. Anyway. Um. <laughs> Do you need a minute, Anthony? Yeah, excuse me. Turn Sounds your like... camera off, please. <laughs> now, um, Encyclopedia, give us the updates on the standings on where we fell after um the wrestlemania fallout okay um steve i'm gonna tell you that halfway through night two i texted freddie and said steven already fucking won this but i'm not telling him and giving him the satisfaction 
So you did. I don't even on... give a shit about it. And honestly, I already knew. <laughs> Giving you satisfaction. <laughs> Fuck out of here. So Stephen won the pay per view championship back on his return. He went fourteen and two. Freddie thirteen and three. I went twelve and four. Rob went eleven and five. Now overall, obviously, Freddie's still ahead because he's just too far ahead of us. Now we talked about going into a seasonal mode, but I remembered last year we talked about that when Stephen was champion and he voted against it. So I don't know why we changed that now. So what I talked to Freddie about. We do win-loss record versus the champion. So right now, if we do it that way, Steven's behind Freddie by 48 points he'd have to make up. Rob is down by 12 based on his head-to-head, and I'm down by 74, so there's no way in hell I'm catching him. But in our spreadsheet, I'm keeping track of who's got what and what our records are against each other. So that way, if, let's say, Rob somehow makes 12 points and beats Freddie... If someone else ends up with a better differential against Rob, then they'll take him that way. That work for everybody? Instead of doing a reset? Yeah, we can figure it out like that. Okay. That works. So, congratulations, now, Steve, on the big return. Pay-per-view champ once again. <laughs> Steve's like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah. Now, before we get into the um, the current event stuff after WrestleMania... Uh, dream match. I forgot to ask you before. I wanted to know um, what got you into wrestling as a kid that, you know, brought that passion, brought that fire of wanting to actually draw these guys out. I actually can't remember my first memory of wrestling. I just know as far as I can remember being a kid, uh, four or five years old, I already had a, my mom got me one of those uh, WWF rings with the action figures that didn't even move. They were literally the ones that are just still like this. I'm talking about the 80s. I'm from 84, so <laughs> these figures were probably from like 89 or something like that. It was, I had Hogan, I had Macho Man, I had uh, uh, George the Animal Steel. Um, that's all I can think of remember right now. But yeah, I, I don't know who put it in me, <laughs> who put wrestling into me. But since I was, since I was a kid, I've been into wrestling. Um, I actually pursued professional wrestling. Um, when I was 17 years old, I trained. I did a, a there's an indie company here in Miami called ICW. Mm-hmm. And it feels like every state has an ICW, but <laughs> so do we. Uh, I I, uh, I wrestled for them for a few years, and then uh, I transitioned into MMA and did jujitsu for for a while. But uh, yeah, I. I Bret Hart was basically the guy responsible for keeping me involved in wrestling, keeping me engaged. And uh, I was such a mark for Bret Hart, and I still am. So, uh, yeah, Bret Hart got me through, um, you know, through all the way to the teenage years being stuck watching wrestling. And then ECW. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't not watch ECW. So the Boneyard match, just like Brett, you give it a four out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it wasn't, I, I wasn't bad. I, I, it, to me, it was pretty cool, whatever. But I think it's, I just didn't want all these guys getting buried along the way. Bro, I'm just teasing with you. It's fine. <laughs> um, you mentioned MMA. What do you think about Dana White and all the shit going down with UFC? He definitely looks like a fool today. That's for sure. Yeah, um, you know. I, 
so I've been kind of I've been talking shit about Dana White this whole time, uh, saying you know he's trying to act like he knows something that we don't know, but we know everything. You know, like <laughs> we know that Khabib was not gonna fight. And then uh, he finally came through and announced it. Like, we didn't already know that Justin Gaethje's going to fight Tony Ferguson. But then he caught me when uh, Rose Namajunas and Andrade, Jessica Andrade, were going to finally, we're going to have the rematch. And that, so I was like, thank you. Like, we got, uh, we got Nagao, I'm sorry, we got Ferguson versus Gaethje. We got uh, Francis Nagao. And now we got uh, Rose Namajunas versus Andrade. Perfect. And then, well, yesterday, Rose Simon Jr. drops out, so I'm back to, like, like whatever about it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think to, to credit Dana White, if he sees that WWE is doing it, AEW is doing it, uh, he feels like he can get it, he can pull it off. He's, he's making moves. He's trying to make things happen. But I think it's a little bit tricky when you talk about athletes like MMA fighters where, you know, it's literally – Blood, sweat, tears, all these things happening. You've got their entire camps go, are going to be there. You've got so much staff involved that it's really hard to, uh, to contain this disease or whatever you want to call it, this virus. And it's risky because WWE is, and, and wrestling in general is still not really under the microscope as much as something like MMA UFC is. I guess Disney and ESPN took care of that then. The card's off. ESPN announced it today that apparently the heads of D Disney and ESPN contacted him and said, all right, enough already. Cancel it. You're taking too many risks here. And we got politicians coming after us now. Holy shit. I did not even, I was not even up to date with that. I've been so busy today. That happened today. No, it's all good. They announced it about, well, it's about 11, almost 11 o'clock Eastern. They announced it around six o'clock. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been off my phone. I've been working. So, <laughs> More power to you for that, actually. Good for you, man. <laughs> so that's what you meant by, uh, oh, he really looked like a fool this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all good. Now, Encyclopedia, bring us into our, our current stuff post-WrestleMania. First off, uh, this go actually was right before WrestleMania. Um, I was listening to AEW Unrestricted last week, and uh, I think it was last week. It was in the last few weeks they interviewed Brandy Rhodes who said that, that when they signed Nyla Rose to a contract, they had no idea she was transgender. That one threw me for a loop, and I actually thought that made her look real bad by even saying that. I mean, yeah, what do you fuck guys up think? of the week. Actually, that wasn't my fuck up, fuck up of the <laughs> week, but it, it was a close second. But yeah, I was I was shocked. I was like, really? You didn't? I mean, it was. I, I admitted on this show I didn't realize it, but the fact that they didn't. I mean, and she said, you know, well... You're not going to not hire someone based on that. It's not like a checkbox on an application. So I, I kind of get it. I was just surprised to hear that. How would you know unless she said something? Right, but apparently it was well known on the indie scene that she openly she was open about that. So it sounds yeah. like someone didn't do their homework. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that she admitted that. Um, I mean – Good for her for being honest. I just didn't think that necessarily shut her on a good light. No, the you fucked up moment of the meek was the fact that they had Big Show come parade out and challenge Drew McIntyre to a title match. That's my you fucked up moment of the week, and that's that's the, that was the worst booking of the weekend, if you ask me. Fucking Big Show. Oh, I, I think Charlotte beating Rhea, Rhea was the, the bad booking of the week. I don't think so. 
Big Show had to promote his Netflix yeah. TV show. So that's why they, they had to bring him out. Yeah, someone just texted me and goes, did you know Big Show had a show on Netflix? I was like, yeah, dude. Way yeah. to catch up. Um, that show a kid's show? I think oh, so. It's like a, it isn't like a family-oriented show, so you're making him a heel to promote a family-oriented show? <laughs> what a role model. Makes perfect sense, right? That's some good shit. Listen, guys, just go back and watch Tiger King. I'm probably Rob and I are probably the only two that haven't watched it. I don't even know what that is, and I don't think I care either. So, good for you, man. I- I'm proud of you. I feel the same way. There, Rob. Figures. <laughs> um, no, and then the tweet of the week Rob already referenced was indie wrestler Jay Walker explaining the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, I actually sent it to somebody who hadn't watched wrestling in over ten years and had watched WrestleMania. And was like, all right, I get it now. So I thought that was cool. Um. I thought Dave Meltzer also looked kind of stupid this week. Um, he is, he first reported on Monday that he, he got the impression people were probably upset about the weight machine spot during the last man standing match. And then the next day claimed that he knew for sure people backstage were upset and had no names or any proof of anything he was saying. So more Dave Meltzer spewing bullshit. I also thought it was interesting. And this happened on the bump yesterday. They had William Regal announced that because of the, all the travel restrictions that Jordan Devlin, the reigning cruiserweight champion, I guess he's kind of being held up, so to speak, because of the travel ban. They're running a tournament starting next week to crown an interim champion. It's like very UFC-esque, you know? I mean, what do you guys think? of? Yeah, I mean, run, run, run a tournament right after AEW announces they're running a tournament for a TNT championship. I mean, they announced that first and magically now WWE NXT or whoever is running a tournament for an interim champion. I mean, no timing's tag, just a no little weird belts, there. Right? The tag belts are still in limbo. The tag belts they're going to announce by the end of the week, what they're going to do with that. Cause Pete Dunn's in the same situation. Steve, I didn't think of it that way. I mean, you do bring up a point there. I thought the interim title was interesting because that's something. And, Dreammaker and Freddie can definitely back me up on this. That's something you see in the UFC. I mean, actually, that was supposed to be next week. The lightweight title yeah. fight was an interim title. So it it seems interesting. It almost it kind of reminds me of the whole Razor Ramon Shawn Michaels double intercontinental title feud all those years ago. Um, but Steve, Steven might have a point. I mean, maybe it was meant to go after the TNT championship going on at the same time. I don't quite think so. I think... If there wasn't this travel ban going on, this would have never happened. But he brings up an interesting point. Wasn't there it's also just, like an interim it's, it's, uh, I, a couple years ago with Cena and Punk? One of them were were, were interim champs or something like that. Or there am was I that, making that up in my head? N- no, that was when Punk with the uh, when he was leaving and he did the pipe bomb promo. Then he won the belt, but he left. Then they made you think that he he was out of contract. He was no longer in WWE, so they had Cena beat Rey Mysterio, who won a tournament to win the vacant belt. And then as soon as Cena won the match, all of a sudden Punk came out with the belt. So they had, yeah, so that, that's a more recent one. Punk and Cena both as champion as well and unifying that. That's a good point too. So it, it's been done before. I just, the interim title isn't something I've seen them do in the WWE ever before. It's just, it's just the timing is very weird being that they're doing a TNT tournament and now they're all of a sudden doing a tournament. Like, I'm sorry, Everyone knows what's going on in the world, okay? I see like we you have to be completely blind if you don't know that, you know, 
the COVID-19 is going on. It's very serious. People are losing their lives. It's crazy. So, therefore, why do you have to bring an interim championship back? Why do you have to do something with the tag team titles? Just work ways around it. Like, you don't need to have those champions crowd because there's still so many damn belts out there anyway. Just my opinion on it. Like, they, they could survive without addressing that because then what happens when things are back to normal they're going to hand these belts back to the people who rightfully had them like no so the way they do it in mma is that interim champion would eventually would eventually face the real champion to merge those belts and i think that's what they're doing here because they don't know how long those travel bans are going to be going on and if they're going to keep running weekly tv i thought it was pretty damn creative i'll i'll give them that um as far as the tag belts i'm curious to see what they're going to do there i mean we did have that storyline years ago where there was the whole Shawn Michaels Stone Cold thing. Shawn Michaels had the problem with Bret Hart and disappeared. So Austin ended up with a new partner, which eventually became Dude Love. So you could do something as simple as that, I suppose, in this case. Um, or maybe they just run a tournament and vacate the titles and we get uh, Matt Riddle back in the singles division where he probably should be. Um, I, I, I think it's creative. I think... The plan is once Devlin is able to travel out of Ireland, there would be some sort of unification match. Because um, we, we, that's the problem. We don't know how long this is going to be. And if WWE is still going to keep taping every week, how are they supposed to resolve that issue? Yeah, it, interesting what they do with it. Because you don't want to keep changing too much stuff because if everything gets fixed or you know, somewhat quote unquote back to normal within a week, you know, say not a week, but say the end of not a week. April. I think that's wishful thinking too. <laughs> you know, say April. No, you're not even like saying like, as far as like, you know, them, for example, recording in Florida, we're probably looking at the end of May at least for this, because I don't know if you guys are watching other businesses, but a lot of things are being extend- extended, like Broadway in the city. Not not having a play till June seventh. Um, Universal Studios announced today the earliest they are opening is May thirty first. Like things are getting extended more and more. So I don't think we have any crowds till June, possibly July, which sucks. Well, in in on a lot of major sports, um, soccer over in Europe, uh, the major sports over here. I know Rob and I've been keeping track with baseball. There was a lot of talk that they're going to be resuming all these sports with empty stadiums. Um, I think it's going to be a while before we're going to see p- crowds allowed to be at these events. And it's not just sports. It's theme parks. It's concerts. Uh, it's movie theaters. I, I read earlier this week, AMC movie theaters might be done because uh, if this thing goes into June. Correct. That they're that close to having to go bankrupt. bankrupt. Yeah. I I mean, it, it's crazy because they even said something about the NBA. The NBA finals could end up being like... I think it was like August or September or something. And it's like, people are like, yeah, okay, that's going to get watched. No football season will be on. Fuck that. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a football guy. All right. I'm, I'm not, I don't care as much for basketball. That's for sure. Well, with a lot of the European <laughs> soccer leagues, they're talking about resuming those soon. And the problem is those seasons usually end usually mid to late May. And then they're resuming in July with training camps and their seasons start in August. Now, the talk right now is those leagues are probably not – I think the Bundesliga in Germany might be restarting sometime in May. The English Premier League, uh, Serie A in Italy, I think right now the dates are June. 
they still had two months, two and a half months to go. So even if they cram all those games into like two or three a week, you're looking at basically going into August, which is actually supposed to be the start of their next season. So they're going to have to adjust the season after that. Um, I think right now the best, the ones in the best shape with this are baseball can work around a little bit. They might have to shorten the season or they might have to do, I've read seven inning double headers as a possibility. And then the NFL, they make out like bandits in the end because if this thing's still going on by August or September, we're really in trouble. Yeah, we we got into it a little bit over the week on uh, on the frenzy. We'll bring it up again this week, but um, it looks like NFL, college football, they should be fine for restrictions based on studies and all that stuff if it's accurate. But um, if everything plays itself out, gets pushed back, the fall is going to be bananas. You're going to have the Masters, you're going to have football, college football, you'll have MMA going crazy, you'll have um, MLB playoffs, you'll have NBA championships or playoffs, hockey. It's going to be insane. I just look forward to having a shit ton of stuff to talk about. Now, you mentioned to me yesterday, NBA in Vegas, is that no longer on the table? No, it's, they're still talking about it. They're just not sure they're going to make a decision come May 1st on what's going to happen with that. Well, I think the thing we need to for Stevie G to hope for is that the theme parks are open by mid-June. Yeah, no, I doubt it. I already canceled my flights. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, so um, I think that's it for us tonight. Dreammaker, let our fans know where they can find you. We'll throw it up on the bottom of the screen here as well. Um, where can they find all your, your great work and hopefully buy a shit ton of it for you? <laughs> uh, so you are on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Or a discount. Five ways. Discount. This, discount on the, on, on the house, bro. <laughs> um... Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at uh, at Dream Match Wrestling. Uh, we also have a website, uh, DreamMatchWrestling.shop. Not .com. .shop. .com is taken. <laughs> We're waiting for that to, that domain name to become available. Uh, and then uh, my co the co-founder of Dream Match Wrestling. You can find her on Instagram at sauce.killer on Instagram. Now, guys, go give them a follow. Um, the tags will be on the Instagram post, the Facebook page, all that stuff. We'll get that all out there for you guys. Uh, Dream Man, we thank you for coming on and sharing with us. We hope to have you on the Frenzy episode soon. We can talk some more sports there. Guys, the sportsfrenzypodcast.com for all old episodes, new episodes. YouTube link, all that stuff. We thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week. Peace.